So here we are, episode three, once again, and it's just the two of us today. There's no one visiting on the couch. It feels a little lonely. It feels a little lonely, but I feel like this is our normal. We just get to do what we do every day when we chat about different things in the office. So true, Sarah. So true. (laughs) (laughs) The tone has begun. Sorry. Super calm, calm Renee tone. I'm zen. Yes. Are we going to sound like that NPR broadcast that SNL does a skit on? Where everything is super monotone. Let's talk in our NPR voices. You're going to kill me. Forget your voice. I like how you just move your head in like this snake-like fashion when you use that voice. I can't use that voice and not move my head. I don't know why. I don't know. It's so weird. Thanks for picking up my little glitches. Appreciate it. Let's move along. Okay, we probably should. (laughs) So today on Shut Up and Listen, Small Town Stories... We are going to focus on entrepreneurship. Yes. So we have a number of things coming up here at the Learning Center that you and I will be facilitating. So we want to talk about two specific programs today pertaining to entrepreneurs, one for adults, one for youth. And so let's start with adult. All of our entrepreneur programs that we're currently running are under the co-starters name or heading. Co-Starters is an organization, it's really a grassroots organization based out of Tennessee, and they really just started developing ways to help communities grow their entrepreneurial communities. Since their start, they're now worldwide. Um, We joined as a co-starter community about three years ago. We learned about them at a conference that we were at and really explored it and really liked Um, the support we got in the curriculum because it really breaks down entrepreneurship and starting a business in a really easy to understand digestible way which is what we really liked about it so our adult program is called co-starters core and it's a 10-week program and every class is a little bit different it builds every week Um, so we start with the entrepreneurs looking at themselves and why they are going into this venture or why they have this idea. And every week it gets a little more in depth. And we go through everything from uh, financial projections to price points to the type of entity you're going to form. Mm -hmm. How to raise capital if you need to raise capital. Absolutely. And this is all facilitated by you and I. Mm -hmm. So we alternate weeks and we are offering this particular course. This will be the fourth time. Yes. We've had 21 participants go through to date, Mm -hmm. and it has led to tremendous opportunity, I think, not only for those that have participated, but for you and I. We've learned so much through, I think, through the process, and we've built some really great relationships, which is another benefit, I think, of the structure of the co-starters model, because we get to know entrepreneurs, they get to know us. Because we're very fortunate in our positions. We know a lot of people, we know a lot of resources, and we can help them build their network. But time and time again, what we hear from entrepreneurs and our small business owners is they feel very lonely, they feel very isolated, and they feel like a lot of the problems they're experiencing are unique to them. Correct. But this course and our experience in having those conversations and getting a lot of entrepreneurs in the same room working through the process together, they learn everybody's experiencing the similar problems, maybe at different times, and they really are able to build a community and help each other out 
And I think that's one of my favorite things is every time we watch a class graduate, they build friendships. I love watching them interact with each other and how they come to bounce ideas off mm -hmm. of each other, how they come to support each other. I mean, somebody will share something on Facebook and you'll see every other participant in the class share it. And it, it's just wonderful, it the is. network that we have built through this process. So that is actually going to start, the first class is Monday, March 7th. Yes. We will operate it for 10 weeks on Monday evenings from 6 to 9 p.m. here at the Fostoria Learning Center. But we run two cohorts a year. We usually do a fall and a spring, so there's always opportunity to get involved with that. And this time, we are launching the youth version, which we've never done before, so it's I'm kind excited. of exciting. I'm excited, yes. Um, so the Youth Generator Program is geared at kids ages 11 to 17, mm -hmm. and so it's the first time we've ever done it. I'm really excited to see what it's like, because it's a little bit different than the adult version. It is. They break it out into 12 weeks, and the classes are much shorter. So it's an hour and 15 minutes, one day a week for 12 weeks. We spend a lot more time with the youth helping them come up with ideas. So for the adults, we're looking for people to come in with an idea or already running a side hustle or a small business, and we help them through that process. But for youth, a lot of that is to help them generate an idea based on a hobby or a passion they already have. Exactly. With the youth, we're really promoting... Uh, creative thinking, outside-the-box ideas, mm -hmm. um, and this is for, you know, any youth. It can be someone who is really good in school and they have a lot of drive, and it might be for the kid that really just likes to draw and doesn't know what to do with mm -hmm. that creativity. And we can figure out how to take that hobby, passion, creative outlet and maybe turn it into a money-making venture for them. Absolutely. So you and I got trained to facilitate the generator program this last fall. So like you said, it will be our first time. So we are operating that on Mondays as well, starting Monday, March 7th. Mm -hmm. But we're going to do that from 4 to 5.15. Yes. The group dynamic is super important through this process. Because as you mentioned before, for the adult, the brainstorming, the bouncing ideas back and forth. Um, and even maybe a potential partnership you know, as they start their venture. You never know who might cross your path and you might be able to work with and team up with too moving forward. Absolutely. So we're excited. We've done co-starters. We love co-starters. Mm -hmm. And now we have this new component with the youth that we're excited to try out for the first time, see where it goes. We know it will be a learning experience for us as well. Right. Because the first, I mean, the first adult version we ran, it, it was a learning curve for us, but now it's, we've got it down. Absolutely. I mean, so when you listen to our podcast, it's kind of what you get in co-starters yes. as well. So after we ran a couple co-starters cohorts, we decided to launch a small business competition. Yes. Which we did for the first time last year. And we are excited to announce that we are doing that again this year. And we're finalizing all those details, but I believe a timeline is in place. A timeline is in place, and our business competition is called Launch Fostoria. And as Renee mentioned, we started it last year, and we're excited. We're, it's like a three-part competition. It is. So the first phase of the competition is application, period. And that actually will open March 21st. Uh, all the information's on the Chamber website. And basically, you apply, you fill out that form, we develop a panel of judges. Last year, we had a panel of seven judges. All of the judges then review those applications. They choose the top six 
of everybody that submitted. And then those top six are invited to compete in what we call our semifinals. And the semifinals is what we kind of look at as our Shark Tank version um, of the competition. So the top six come into a room and have to pitch their business idea to the panel of judges. And there is question and answer. Um, last year, it was a really fun day. I think it was the first time we ever did it. But I think our judges really enjoyed it. And most of them want to come back and are looking forward to it. Um, so then from the semifinals, the top four are selected and they go to the public finals. And the public finals look a little different and I'll let you talk about it. You're so quiet over there staring well, at me. You know, talk I, about the finals, Renee. I just love to listen to you talk, Sarah. You get so excited about this stuff. And <laughs> well, start, I am perky. You, you know? start moving your hands and it's like, oh, look at her go. So, <laughs> so the finals, uh, much like last year, will be held downtown on the green space. The finalists will present to the open crowd um, from the stage put up by the Urban Woody Brewery. <laughs> Little shout out there. Nice plug. Good Thank job. You. Thank you. And um, much like last year, there will be voting participation from the public. Yes. Now, I believe we are restructuring that a little bit. Possibly a little bit. I mean, anytime you do something, you'll learn a little bit. Last year, the public voted for the winners with $5 votes. So really what that looked like, every competitor had a table. There was a box at the table. Um, if you wanted to vote for that business, you put $5 into that box. That counted as your vote. At the end of the night, all of the competitors left with their voting money, that box. Yes. Last year, we collected $12,575 total. That was, of course, split differentially between all the competitors, but that's what um, the public voting raised for those, kind of the seed money for those competitors. So we have kicked around a couple different ideas because we did have um, some people with some preloaded voting coming in with some large checks. So we're, we're revising that and trying to figure out what that's going to look like. But we were just completely overwhelmed and surprised by the response from the public for our finals. For the first year of us doing something like this, we had well over 500 people on the green space mm -hmm. last year watching those present their business ideas and participating in the voting. It was phenomenal for the first year. We anticipate it growing mm -hmm. this year, which is great. Um, so we wanted to include this in this podcast as we talked about entrepreneurship because last year we had people that were just starting a business that submitted applications. We had people who had an ongoing business that were looking to expand mm -hmm. in some way that applied. So if you have an existing small business and you're looking to expand in some way, if you're just starting out, this is an opportunity for you. And we encourage you to put yourself out there because even if you don't make it to the semifinal or final round, we will still be an advocate for you mm -hmm. and your business and provide you the resources that we think could potentially help get you to the next level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we've really spent, we've spent a lot of time trying to figure out these programs and build. Because it was probably four or five years ago, we talked about the idea of a business competition. Yes. But we weren't sure at that point who was out there, who would actually, you know, actually participate. We needed to learn a lot before we could actually launch it. So we kind of did a lot of work on the back end before we launched co-starters and before we launched a business competition. Before we could do a lot of this, we had to create that entrepreneurial ecosystem. 
which we worked really hard to cultivate over the last four or five years. And I think we're seeing that really come to fruition really with the development we're seeing in our downtown corridor mm -hmm. and things like that. I mean, seven new businesses last year opened in downtown Faustoria. That's phenomenal with more on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the people that are involved in this, several of them have participated in the co-starters program. Yes. And they've taken advantage of our advising hours and different things mm -hmm. like that. So we're just so proud of the people that are stepping forward and taking the chance on their ideas and their businesses. Um, I don't think they get enough credit because it is such a risk. It really is. And they are stepping out of their comfort mm -hmm. zones and they are stepping forward for Fostoria and I cannot commend them enough. And, and they put so much work into it. And I don't think people understand the sheer amount of work it takes to start a business and run a small business. I think that often goes overlooked. Um, and we've had a lot of frank conversations with people that come in and have conversations with us that are looking to start a business. And realistically, you're, you are giving up a lot of time for the first, really, it's, it's a solid five-year investment. Absolutely. I mean, there's time, of course, after that, but it's a tremendous amount of work. And I don't think, I don't think the general public understands the amount of time, financial, and just sweat equity that people put into these small businesses. I agree. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention some of our longtime downtown small businesses oh, like Kaminsky's. I mean, they have been putting in the time, energy, and effort for decades. Absolutely. And they've experienced a lot. I mean, you look back and they were, they were a, one of their original sites, that entire block burned down. Yes. And so, you know, they had to close temporarily, open basically across the street and are still there going strong in spite of, you know, the ups and downs in the downtown. Yes. I mean, we hear all the time, well, I remember, you know, when I was a kid and I was growing up and the streets in downtown were full in the evenings and on the weekends, it was a different era. It was. Um, the community was in a different place. And. I feel like for years we've been saying it didn't happen overnight. We're not going to come back overnight. So it's it's great to see the staples that are still there and have kind of weathered a downturn. But we're really seeing such great rebuilding and positivity. And we're seeing it, you know, with people investing in the new businesses. Yeah, the momentum has shifted and it is moving in such a positive direction, which is, it's tremendous for everyone involved. See, I stopped myself. I need to get, like not use my filter, when you were like, entrepreneurial ecosystem, in my head I was like, you got it! But I didn't want to be demeaning to you. On That's fine, you could have. You completely could have. You I, said it, you said it! I said it and I'm like, why don't I use this buzz term? Say it again. Entrepreneurial ecosystem. Whatever. You did it! It is a tr it's a troubling word. Entrepreneurial mindset, entrepreneurial ecosystem. But I don't like that entrepreneurial mindset. It's a buzzword about if you're an entrepreneur, you think outside the box, you pivot, you're flexible, you're able to solve problems. And so, so you're creative. Essentially, yeah. And so they use that and then, yeah, whatever. Because there was a whole thing about growth mindset too. And so then they took growth mindset and rolled it into entrepreneurial mindset. But the end of the day is... If you learn, if you know how to solve a problem, if you're flexible, you're quick on your feet, you can think outside the box. The whole premise is the benefit is because not only are you equipped to be an entrepreneur 
and you can go out and run your own business because you kind of built that skill set, it also makes you a better employee. So even if at the end of the day, you don't go out and you're not, quote, an entrepreneur, so to speak, you still have a lot of skills that make you a valuable employee. So that's kind of how they've rolled that into it. But really, you're a creative problem solver. And Thank you're a hard you, because, worker. I mean, I understand everything you just said. And I believe mm-hmm. most of it. But like, <laughs> when you start what talking, part didn't you believe? No, I mean, when you start talking about all this Did stuff. Did your brain just turn off? I Sarah's suddenly, talking again. I suddenly I'm not become listening. like a 15-year-old and I'm like, you know what I hear? Blah, 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 blah. You're a creative problem solver. Really? That's what yes. it is. And but they, ultimately, at the end of the day... They come up with all these fancy terms and these buzzwords, and they're like, oh, no, let's use this in every single white sheet that we create. Right. And, well, it's just like entrepreneurial ecosystem. What does that mean? It was painful for me to say that. It's a community that's built around, has resources to support people that want to start and run small businesses that mm-hmm. are entrepreneurs. That's really... But that's what CoStarters does, because it takes those words... You know, like entrepreneurial mindset. And there, I mean, look at stuff we talk about, like unit of sale and, you know, the different forms of capital. And think about how in that class they explain those terms in a way that's super simple. You're essentially taking MBA level business classes and taking it down to, and I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from anybody that's been in the class, but it's really an eighth grade level. I, I know, that's why I it. feel smarter when we teach it. I know. I mean, you know, you teach one of those and you leave and you think, I know what I'm talking about. I feel really smart today. <laughs> but it really, it, it makes it so easy to understand without it's very, all the assumptions of large vocabulary and buzzwords. It's It makes it super digestible. It's very user-friendly. Absolutely. And that's why I love it. And I think it takes some of the fear out of it because it is explained in a way that you don't feel like you don't know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. or you're so far out of your comfort zone that you just immediately back away from whatever idea that you have because I this is over my head well we've seen people like that Mm -hmm. we you know and I'm I'm not going to call anybody out but we've seen people come to the first handful of classes and they're terrified and they're and some of it is you know they're super insecure in the knowledge base they're coming in with but then we go through the 10 weeks and at graduation, we've experienced it before where the entire room is in tears because have, this person yes. has just talked about their business and they're empowered and they're confident. And to watch that kind of personal growth in those 10 weeks, I mean, I kind of have goosebumps talking about it. It's an empowering experience. It absolutely is. And you are absolutely correct because we have on more than one occasion yeah. seen people come in in that first class and they don't speak. They don't make eye contact. They're there because somebody convinced them to come. Mm -hmm. And then by week 10, sometimes they're the first ones to volunteer to stand up and give their presentation and their pitch. Yeah. And I have gotten teary-eyed a couple times, Mm -hmm. full disclosure. And we're not super emotional people. No. But you develop a vested interest in these individuals. Absolutely. I mean, we still talk to, I would say, on a regular basis, probably 95% of the people that have gone through this class. Yes, we do. And they talk to each other all the time. All the time. Which I, you know, and it's it's a huge time investment on our end. But I I do love it. It's one of my favorite things I, we do. It's, it's my, yeah, it is the favorite. It's my favorite program that we do. I really do enjoy it. As we close out this conversation today between you yes. and I, um, this was a very timely uh, topic because while we're not going to tell you who our next mm-hmm. guest is, yes. um, our next guest on the podcast will 
really demonstrates so much of what we've discussed <laughs> in today's episode. Wow, I wonder who it could be. I just don't know. Give us more hints. I'm sorry, I can't. Do they embody everything we've talked about I'm sorry. already? I can't say anything else. But we hope that you will tune in You're so and listen to our next episode of Shut Up and Listen Small Town Stories with Renee and Sarah.